The Lord be with you and welcome all of you to this virtual room where the Holy Spirit is opening the glories of the Lord Jesus to us. I want to do catch up tonight. I know I said I would be speaking on something else, but I've had a number of emails from you that reminds me that I missed something out when I was speaking of the blessing, which was the blessing of the Lord in adversity, when we are in darkness and confusion and maybe pain of life. Where, where does the blessing fit into all of that? And I said that I would address that, but never did. And so rather than get deeply into something else, let's get this done. Let's bring closure to what we said on the blessing. And so with that in mind, I want to read to you from Isaiah, the book of the prophet Isaiah. And in chapter 43, he says, But now thus says the Lord your creator, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. Verse 5, do not fear, for I am with you. And that, I believe, would sum up much of what the whole scripture teaches concerning our being the blessed of the Lord and walking in the strength and the power of his blessing, and yet surrounded by, many times affected by, many times pressured by the world around us. And that, that uh, set of verses says what the whole scripture says in one way or another. Let me remind you of the blessing very quickly, very quickly. The blessing is that most ancient word, which is the love that God has to you in action. He's coming to us. And as we saw in the New Testament, the blessing that is spoken of throughout the Old Testament is finally revealed as within the work of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who brings this blessing and the word blessing and indeed to the ultimate, the work of the Holy Spirit. He is the very presence of God with us. He is the presence of the Lord Jesus. He is in Jesus, the presence of the Father. So much so that Jesus said when the Holy Spirit would come, the Trinity himself would come to dwell within us. And please do not just let that pass over your mind. There in John 14 and John 15, he speaks of this, that the Holy Spirit coming to us, and he has come to us in that we have come to the Lord Jesus and have believed upon him, confessed him as Lord, and the Holy Spirit has come to dwell within us. And his dwelling within us, I say, is the presence of Jesus, the ascended, the now Jesus in us 
through the Holy Spirit and through Jesus, the presence of the Father dwells in us. We are wrapped in the love of God. We are indwelt by the love of God, the presence. We are people of the presence, the presence of God through the Holy Spirit. That's a blessed person. And you remember the word bless in the Old Testament. It means that you are clothed. It, it, it means that like a shield around you, beginning in your innermost person to your outermost person, you, you are embraced by the love of God, the strength of God, the life of God. You are lifed with his life and you are clothed and empowered in order in, in, in your world where you live now. Uh, you are empowered to fulfill your destiny of a child of God, a person in Christ. You are blessed. And please understand the what I just said. You are blessed. This isn't something that you whine and howl and cry for at the end of some meeting. And while people are banging you on the head with their hands trying to make it happen. No, you are this is not something you earn. It's not something that you purchase by much wailing and crying. This is what is yours because Jesus carried you with him in the ascension and has filled you with his spirit. And this is now yours. That's a vital part of what I'm going to be saying. You are blessed. But we live in a fallen world. Now, it's a fallen world, that is a world that came under the dominion of Satan back in the Garden of Eden. And, and it's a fallen world, but it's a world that has been redeemed by Jesus. He didn't just redeem us, he redeemed creation. And the hope of a believer is that we await the resurrection, not only of our bodies, to be made like his now glorious body, but we also await the resurrection of creation, which means that we will have a new heaven and a new earth. And that certainly is something we could take weeks on. But right now we are in a fallen world waiting for the resurrection, I'll grant you, but it's a fallen world. And therefore, stuff happens in this world that is hurtful and painful. And we also, as residents of this planet, we share in the common troubles, the common evils that happen on the planet, to the people of the planet, oftentimes, most times caused by people on the planet. We, we are caught in the crossfire of evil men who are working for their agenda of evil. And that's, we're in this world. And that, that's on a national level, international level, state level, right down to the city, the street where we are. We live here. And then add to that, if we're believers, that the world hates us because we are one with Jesus. So Jesus says, marvel not if the world hates you. And he speaks of our being persecuted for righteousness sake. So put that together. Uh, uh, 
what what I'm not talking about when I talk about the blessing I'm not talking about triumphalism which means that you know everything's going my way oh what a wonderful morning oh what a wonderful day yeah it, it, it ends up like that for we live in the dimension of the blessing the peace and the joy but I in my human person my body as I live in this place I feel its pressures I feel its darkness I, I feel the evil and the evil intentions of humans joined to that evil and so we have to ask the question then where does the blessing fit into all this where, where does the blessing fit into the state that many are in right now maybe who are now listening to me um, and, and you have suffered by all that has happened in the last years economically at least here in the United States but there's very few places in the world that are not affected by that so those of you listening in the United Kingdom you're going through the same thing a and some of you there in the Middle East you are going through unbelievable pressures right now and so on I could go around the world where I know you're listening a and yeah we are in the midst of a, a world in anguish and if we look at tomorrow at the months and years ahead uh, at the way things are going then we really do not know the depth to which the darkness will be um, we don't know uh, so where does the blessing fit into all of this I I'm glad you emailed me on this because it would have been sad to have left this out where does the blessing fit into a world that spins in its darkness and the moans and the cries of anguish rise from it well first of all let's get this straight and some of this I have said and when we talked about the blessing but maybe not in this context blessing when God blesses us this is so important when God blesses us and you are blessed it is not sort of uh, magic that is blessing is not that you rub the magic lantern and the genie appears and you get your three wishes and you wish that all this trouble would just go away and you would be in the situation that you wish to be and kazoom and there you are no that is sad magic um, and, and sad stupid thinking um, no the blessing is not changing hear my every word here the blessing is not changing my outer world merely to be the kind of world that I want it to be that is not the blessing that's not it, it you, you cannot sit there and confess for a thousand times that things are not what they are and I'm sorry nothing's going to happen because we are in this world and we're here until we go to be with Jesus or the resurrection calls us into the new heaven and the new earth so no that's not blessing blessing 
And I have said this many times, blessing this presence that lifes us, this, this blessing that makes us as persons, our core person successful and prosperous in this art of being human. This blessing begins in our core person, that is, in our very spirit, where I look at I and call I me, I, that I that is joined to Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, elsewhere in the scripture called my very heart, the beating heart of my core self. That that's where I'm blessed. And that blessing moves then outward. And so it moves, the blessing comes into my mind, and my mind, my outlook on life, my worldview, my understanding of what is reality. I have a renewed mind, my mind is enlightened, and my, my mind becomes filled with Holy Spirit understanding of life, moves into my emotions. And where once maybe darkness reigned in depression uh, and, and I was confused and I, I knew sadness and hopelessness, now the blessing is the actual connecting of my emotions with the joy of the Lord, with the peace of God that passes human understanding. It is bringing into my emotions all the fruits of hope, in Christ the Lord and it moves into my body the very cells of my body and lives and and that's why the blessing brings health and wholeness and it moves into what I touch and where I leave my footprint upon the face of the earth my possessions my work but I, I emphasize it moves from the inside out and of course the fake um, the, the, the devil has produced a counterfeit idea of blessing and calls it luck. And actually, luck is not just a simple word. It's a very, what shall I say, it's a very dark word. For it goes back to one of the demon goddesses that the ancient Romans and Greeks worshipped. It's called Lady Fortunas from which we get fortune, which also we get luck. Uh, and, and so when you go to the gambling houses today, they'll talk about Lady Luck. That comes directly from that demon goddess, Lady Fortunas. And, and along with that luck, there, there comes um, always the look for outward, the most outer, luck and that means the uh, finances suddenly showered upon us uh, TV these days is filled with it you stand up and you sing and they give you a million dollars you press the right button and money pours at you and, and it comes through the mail fill this out and five thousand dollars and so on. It, it, it's we were surrounded by the worship uh, of lady luck well, that all deals with the outward. You, you understand? Suddenly you got money. Suddenly you got fame. 
Suddenly you've got prosperity, success, but it's only on the outward. You're left just as empty and poverty-stricken as before on the inside. But the proverb says that the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. If all you have is possessions of houses and land and stuff, if all you have is money, then with that comes sadness and grief and anxiety written in red and underlined in purple. Oh no, I'm not talking about the outwards. We've got to deal with the inward and indeed then it works out, but then it's safe. And then when we are blessed in visible financial possession kind of way, it's safe because we, we approach it as a gift from God and we give out of the abundance of our heart. We are safe people and it comes with joy and peace attached to it. So get that straight before we go into looking at when hard times come, what happens to us. And also, before we get there, and especially talking about hard times and troublesome times, one of the greatest hindrances, and I am speaking to believers now, um, it, it, it spills over to people that would be pseudo-believers right on the fringe, but I find this increasing among believers and it's the greatest hindrance to blessing received. It, it is a mental attitude, a mental attitude that has been placed there by religion. And by religion, I'm given the widest sweep of the brush. Um, religion has put this attitude inside the heads of many persons. And it comes from our most distant ancestors, religious ancestors, and is being passed on and often passed on without anyone even thinking of whether it's true or not. And that is, it's a religious fatalism that trouble happens and we say, well, this is the will of God. This is my destiny. Um, I've got to endure this for the glory of God. These are phrases I, I heard over and over and over again. Or this is my cross to bear. And so without a whimper, they accept life as it is and they have no input to it. They do not in any way own the situation because they say, well, you know, it's the will of God. It's predestined to happen. And here it comes, the great rock rolling over me, and as it crushes me, I say, well, it's the will of God. This is my destiny. And I say, that is pagan, pagan, even if you heard it from a believer, but it's pagan. It's pagan thinking that has gotten into the, the mind of believers. Look, who does that kind of stuff? Who comes into life and rips you, strips you, and tries to destroy everything you've done? Who does that? It's not God, your Father, who so loved you that he gave his only begotten Son, nor is it Jesus, the Son of God, God the Son, who came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. No not the Holy Spirit who is the Spirit of life, the Spirit of God 
in you, with you? No, Jesus identifies Satan as the murderer and the thief who comes to lives of persons to steal and to kill and to destroy. Let's get this straight. Whose side are we on? Let's understand this. For goodness sake, if we're going to war, we should know who the enemy is. Look, when we pray right at the heart of the prayer that Jesus taught us, he said, when you pray, say, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, look, this is logic 101. If the will of God was being done in and around us, what are we doing praying your will be done? No, the very fact of that request, the very fact that Jesus said to pray it, means that we are in the midst of a situation where the will of God is not being done. That prayer request given by Jesus assumes that the will of God is not being done, but it also assumes that you and I are in the middle of it in order to bring about the will of God. So, yes, we're in a situation, maybe, one that brings pain, at least to our elder person. It, it, it brings confusion. It brings many things that we didn't expect. But we are in this situation, and it's the will of God we're in it for the minute, because the will of God is that we shall imprint into that situation the blessing and the life of God himself that he in you and through you in this situation shall be revealed for the glorious God he is you understand that I didn't say that this is happening to us right now whatever this is whatever darkness the it has right now but I, I, I didn't say that that's not the will of God, and so you are now not in the will of God. I didn't say that. I said you're in this situation. What is happening is not the will of God. What is happening in the United States today from top to bottom is not the will of God. What has happened in the UK, what is happening in the Middle East and in, in the nations of Africa, it's not the will of God. But within that situation of believers, and it's the will of God that we, in that situation, imprint that situation with the will of God, that we, we become the, the MO, the way God operates, to bring his blessing into it, in terms that we shall be demonstrations as we move into full personhood in Christ, we shall revealed the will of God in that situation and so get that that out of the way now something happens okay how does this work out something happens to us and that can be anything it can be opening a letter in the morning to hear something you didn't expect it can come uh, something said in in the six o'clock news it can be something happening in the house home workplace school whatever it is but you feel 
in, in, in whatever it is that happens, that there is this encroaching darkness. Suddenly, there seems to be a dropping of the bottom out of life. Suddenly, every plan that you had seems to be teetering into collapse. Bad times are happening. Or as I read in the text, we are suddenly being overwhelmed by the waters of adversity. The waters, and, and we feel that we're, we're going to drown in this flood that is happening to us. Or the other illustration the text gave, that you, you suddenly feel that everything is being consumed by a fire, and, and the fire is all around us, and you see your life, your dreams, your whatever is, is being burned up. That, that, that's what I'm talking about, the adversity. And our experience, follow me carefully, my first reaction to all of that happening is that I have a flesh reaction. Of course I do, because I, the resurrection has not yet taken place. I am still in the flesh, and I have a flesh reaction. So my immediate reaction to that will be confusion, it will be sorrow, it will be horror, it will be some form of pain, sadness, could feel the first triggerings of anxiety. That's my first reaction. But then I make a deliberate choice of faith. This is where we separate off from the world and the the person walking in the spirit the the person that is understanding what i'm saying you don't stay there very long all i'm trying to tell you there is that i have an immediate reaction but faith that's the person i really am knowing who god really is and i move to that choice that deliberate choice to declare and stand into the truth that he is my father and in Christ Jesus I am blessed. Do you follow me? Whatever my first reaction, don't feel condemned by that. That's what I'm trying to say. But you move. You, you, you now look at the situation through eyes that have been enlightened by the truth. And you choose truth versus what your physical eyes are seeing and your physical ears are hearing. And you see your true self. I've been, I've been saying your outer person may, may be troubled. Your outer person may, may feel the shock of hurt. But this core person, the person you truly are, cannot be touched. And please say, you might never have thought of that before. Well, think about it now, that the person that you really are cannot be touched. All of this that is happening buzzes around you like so many monster mosquitoes but you 
your essential core person. You are in Christ. Christ is in you and he is in the Father. And so you are held in the Father who in Christ and Christ in you. This is the truth. Therefore, whatever is happening out here cannot touch me there. 1 John 5 says, The wicked one does not touch us. And the scripture says again in 1 John, Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so in the time of darkness and pressure, that cannot touch my true self, which is hidden with Christ in God. And right there, I am assured at the core, the source of my being, I am assured by his voice through scripture and witnessed by the Holy Spirit, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Nothing. Romans 8 says, nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And it, it goes down a great list of all that we ever think of that would seek to come between us and the love of God, including all demonic forces, principalities, and powers. And, and he shouts triumphantly, nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. No, you are you are held secure. And in these moments that, that come like I say floods of water, bursts of flame, and, and, and we're shaken, we, we we we're moved for a moment, but then we hunker down to our true self. Who am I in Christ? And then you can understand why David said, though at the time of his saying it, um, his own son was planning his death. And in fact, more planning it, he had a great army coming to kill David. And David was holed up with very little defense. And he wrote Psalm 23 and said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that is, yeah, there, there's trouble all around me. And if I look at what appears to be happening, it's going to get worse. I'm going to come right into Death Valley. If I walk through the valley of death. And then he makes the statement, I will fear no evil. Which actually we could understand better as, I will not bow to evil. I will not yield to evil. I will not worship the power of evil to kill me. I will not believe in its malicious intentions to destroy. I won't. I won't fear it. Because you are with me. And that's the end of the discussion. And so he recognizes what is happening, but he recognizes the greater truth. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And so let me, in, in that light, let me read um, my text or a bit of it again. When you pass through the waters, right, these, these rising flood waters, when you pass through the water, I will be with you. 
So you do not experience all of this alone. You are blessed. You are encompassed and you are indwelt by the presence of this God who is love. When you pass through the waters, I, I will, will assuredly be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. Whatever, it looks like a tsunami coming at you, but it will not be able to overflow you. It won't ultimately get you. When you walk through the fire, you will not even be scorched. There will not even be a mark on you that you've been in the fire, nor the flame will burn you. I will be with you. And there are times when it's a bit longer than we anticipated and worse than we could ever imagine. Joseph being the biblical example of that, that his brothers kidnap him. And I've mentioned it before. It is an amazing story. Read it slowly from the book of Genesis. That it seems every movement of the story digs him deeper into hopelessness and mental anguish kidnapped by his brothers could it get worse than that yes he's sold as a slave he who had been a free man and the delight of his father has now been sold as a slave and then he's blackmailed by the wife of the slave master so so that she now accuses him of rape uh, and he's then thrown into jail. Can this get any worse? And, and while he's in jail, there is an opportunity with gifts of the Spirit, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. He interprets the dream of a prisoner, and, and it comes to pass, and the man is set free. And as he's set free, Joseph said, Would you talk to somebody out there? Well, would you tell them that I'm in here by blackmail and so on? And the man said, Yes. I'll, I'll make sure I forgot him completely. And throughout that story, which as I say, you've got certain movements in the natural story and the outer events, the movements take him deeper and deeper into darkness. And yet all the way through that story, and he's the one who wrote it, because it like, reads like a diary, an autobiography. And he's the one, and he says, And the Lord was with Joseph. And the Lord blessed Joseph. And the Lord blessed Potiphar, the slave owner, blessed Potiphar for Joseph's sake. Wherever this man went, didn't matter what's happening out here. He, the man Joseph, was blessed. He was like one of those uh, things, at least they used to sell them uh, for children. And they're they're like... uh, Disney toys but they've got sand in the bottom and you punch them and they go down and come straight back up again Uh, and and in the very core of Joseph the blessing of God blessed him and gave him hope and the blessing of God flowed through him and blessed the persons that he came into contact with and so he became uh, shall I dare to use the word the star wherever he went 
he rose to the top of the slaves in Potiphar's house. He rose to the top of the prisoners because he was a man to be trusted, a man in whom the wisdom of God was. And when it was all said and done, and he is taken from the jail and made the prime minister of all Egypt, which was next to saying he ruled the world. And when his brothers came who thought Joseph had been taken care of long ago, and they did not know that this great Egyptian ruler was their brother, and they're bowing before him and kowtowing and asking for help in the day of famine. And Joseph reveals himself. And they're terrified. What's he going to do? And he said those words that have shaped my life. He said to his brothers, when you kidnapped me and sold me as a slave, you meant it. It was your strategy. You meant it for evil. And I can see the smile on Joseph's face. He said, but God meant it for good that is the worst you could do to me the worst that anybody along that line of events could do God took it all and used it in his own incredible wisdom he took your foul plans and wove them into his plans so that your worst was turned into God's best and here I am, ruling the world and feeding a world in famine. Yeah, do you understand what I'm saying? He was blessed, and wherever he went, he blessed, because nothing could knock him over. He's a blessed man. So he, he, his essential self, was never touched by the evil. And it's here. It's right here. Faith. And that faith, the, the eye of my spirit that sees the truth. Faith rests in this. Hear me. This is only and always the truth. Right where you are. Whatever feelings are bombarding your mind right now, he has and never will leave you or forsake you and he is at this micro moment unbeknownst to you in terms of knowing what's going on he is right now working in your life and circumstances to bring about his great good you see the blessing is not to be found in my feelings my feelings come uh, and they go but the blessing is my heart core self knowing and resting in the final truth he is with me and therefore nothing can touch me i am a blessed man whatever happens around me and all the events that are happening around us they call if you could personalize them for a moment they 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 call you to focus on them you know what i mean you sit and you look at what's happening you can't change it but you look at it and follow it and look at it and follow it 
and around and around and around it goes and you look on this and you look on that and and you are hypnotized mesmerized you you're, you're drawn away and it's sucking you into its darkness as you just stare at it and I, I saw something in Africa a terrible sight this, this snake a special kind of snake and and it came just as snakes do and it came to this little bird the little bird chirping away on a branch and the snake came and it fixed its eyes on the bird and the bird stopped its chirping and you watched as that bird was hypnotized and was drawn to become absolutely helpless the victim of the snake that just came and took it and I thought how often that is we we become unfocused and we become totally distracted and we we forget who we are we we forget the wicked one touches me not we forget that he is with us we forget that whether we pass through the waters we don't stare at the waters we recognize i am with you and, and they shall not overcome you they shall not overwhelm you no we focus on the presence who is with us the presence who is in us we focus on the one who said he's our father and he protects us and he provides for us we focus and beware of something when you're going through hard times one of the subtlest things of the flesh is the victim flesh oh the victim flesh how it loves trouble you notice some people they always try they they are people whose oxygen is chaos if there isn't chaos if there isn't trouble they're sure gonna make it or they'll exaggerate a situation to make it sound like chaos because they love chaos don't ask me to interpret their minds but they do and, and in, in their chaos what happens people come and say i'm so sorry Oh, now they're being fed. They eat this foul poison. Sympathy, sympathy. Poor you. Oh, poor you. And you say, yeah, poor me. No. If you love your sickness, if you want your hard time, if you, you love things falling apart, then you are seeking as a victim of circumstances to suck all the sympathy you can get no wonder jesus said to that man who had been 38 years by the pool he said do you want to be made whole strange question not so strange when you get around this world no do you want it or, or you 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 prefer you prefer being a victim you you enjoy the disability check you see and so um i, I don't really don't want no don't don't fall into that you see all of that that i've just been talking about that is anti-blessing it you, you, you will blind your own self you'll cut your ears off from hearing the blessing no when the person who knows they are blessed they, they don't seek sympathy and when people come to console them their response is to share with them the blessing of God that I am upheld by an inner strength 
that I have been granted inner wisdom. Christ is my life. And of course you'll say that, whoever the person can handle it. But the declaration of faith, and hear me, this is Christianity 101. The declaration of faith, as we stand in whatever's happening, and as we look into an unknown future, we, we, who am I? Who am I in this situation? I am a man, a woman in Christ. I am in the Father. I am the object of his ever self-giving love. He is with me. I am one. Martin Luther had an excellent, but rather, what shall I say, strange illustration of this. Um, he said when he thought about himself, he, he said he is baked in one cake with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I, I, I like that somehow. You pick up a cake and you separate it, or you, you know the ingredients, that they are actually separated, and yet they're cooked together, they're baked together. And you and I are one cake in Christ Jesus. That's who we are. So it's He. He's living in this situation, in me and through me. Therefore, in this situation, in whatever tomorrow holds, whether it be the valley of the shadow of death or better days, but you and I, I am blessed. I am empowered. And that blessing is now working in me, working with me, behind me, ahead of me, around me. And in due time will be made manifest. And even in death, Paul said that we sorrow not as others which have no hope. Our sorrow has joy and triumph in it, knowing that we shall meet again. One thing, the first act of the one who is blessed is to bless. For that blessing that you have been given is the blessing of the self for others God. And therefore, it's, an, it's natural, it's necessary in the nature of the blessing to bless. And what is the first blessing that you give when you are in such hard times? It is forgiveness. It is to forgive all those who are involved in hurting you or producing the set of circumstances that have produced the hurt. And let me remind you, the word forgive is far better understood in English as release. Release them to the Lord. Well, what, what else would you do? Well, if you don't release them, that means you hold them and you seek revenge. Revenge. You want them to get hurt as much as they hurt you. Maybe a little bit more, actually. And that seeds inside of you a deadly poison. Actually, it's a physical poison as well as a poison of the spirit. It's called bitterness. 
and, and, and it comes into your mind and into your words as malice, which either overtly or covertly it seeks the hurt of the person who's hurt you. And you do not release them. You have them chained up to what they did to you and you're going to get even. Anti-blessing. Bible says you can't even pray if, if that's where you're coming from. You release them. And every time they come to your mind, you declare you have released them into the hands of the Lord Jesus. Or as Ephesians and Colossians says, you put away. You take the choice. You're a blessed person. Therefore, you bless by forgiving, releasing those that have caused your harm. And you put away all anger, malice, bitterness. It's, you hadn't thought of that, had you? But, but that stands right at the, if I'm going to walk in the blessing, you suddenly realize there are some people you've never met. But to quote some persons I've been around, they said, if ever I did, I'd like to kill him. Um, persons of power, persons, yes, maybe evil persons. And they've caused what has trickled down to you. But because you're a blessed person and in Christ and Christ in you who is the one who gave his life for the world we pass that on and we release them that doesn't mean to say we're saying they can get away scot-free it, it doesn't mean that they're you're now the doormat they can walk all over you actually you've taken ownership of the situation and you've released them to the Lord vengeance belongs to him not to you and at that point, you can share your present life with the Father, knowing that He is blessing you and He will deliver you. And He deliver you, and I use more than one word here, He'll deliver you through the situation, as He did Joseph. As I say, it took time, yet all the way through, He was beyond human comprehension blessed. That man had joy and peace that is beyond human understanding. He was delivered in it and through it. Um, others were delivered right in the middle of it. So you have the story of Isaac in Genesis, and there was a famine, a drought in the land, and all the ranchers said, there's no point in even planting where we're destitute here we, we can't grow because it's become a dust bowl and Isaac knowing he was a blessed person and the Bible makes a point of this he planted his seed into the dust declaring that the creator of heaven and earth who blessed him would life and bless those seeds and he had a hundred percent a hundredfold harvest and all his pagan neighbors gathered around and said, Surely God is with you. He, you understand? Elijah, in the middle of a famine when there was nothing to eat, the Lord placed him at Brook Kerith, and ravens came and fed him. You say, Well, that's, I mean, <laughs> you don't talk about that in the 21st century. Uh, I, I mean, ravens fly in through the window with chunks of meat. Um, well, be that as it may, 
I believe the scripture and maybe I've traveled a few places you haven't and among them uh, I was in Russia and I spoke to persons that had been persecuted by those communist regimes and without going into the whole story when uh, the the regime sought by their regulations and law and give a fair share to everybody took away from them the food that they produced and gave it to others and they they just knelt and prayed and said father the the government has taken our food and given it to other people and would you please now feed us and through the door there walked a hen who laid eggs on the floor of the kitchen turned around and walked out it wasn't one of their hens therefore the government didn't have to be informed because it wasn't one of their hens and the hen came on a very regular basis as I remember the story twice a day laid the eggs and they were sustained and when things eased and they could now eat their own produce the hen stopped coming yeah, I, I believe in wild and wacky miracles. I really do. Angels are involved. Angels. Don't you remember Elisha when their city was surrounded by forces that sought their destruction? But Elisha could see the army of God, angels, around the city protecting them. Psalms tell us he gives his angels charge over you lest you dash your foot against a stone a little granddaughter up here julianne and you know she she was learning to walk well she walked but um tripped along without any comprehension of the rocks of southern texas and I would be there beside her and I was aware that every sense of my body was watching where she was going and I was ready to grab her if she tripped against a stone and I was reminded of this text he sent his angels yes of course your, your angels are all over the place and it says they're ministering spirits sent to minister to you the heirs of salvation they throw you into a den of lions and the angels came and shut them out of the lions. Peter was thrown into prison and in the middle of the night the angel had to shake him, wake him up and say, for goodness sake, hurry up man, we're leaving. And open the doors of the prison while putting the prison guards to sleep. And again, I've met people that have been in exactly that same situation around the world. Well, my time is gone and I've already decided I'm going to take another week on this. I'm sorry if this wasn't part of your interest, uh, but I think it's important that we deal with this. And I trust that this has at least shown you how you, in the midst of whatever powers of destruction may be around you, you are a blessed person, you're a guarded person, and you're a person that in Christ can expect deliverance through a situation, deliverance in it, but whichever way, whatever way, you blessed person, you blessed you're delivered. So arise, 
and embrace your blessing. Give thanks to God and go into your world radiant with his blessing. And now the blessing of God who is almighty love, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you all that you may know in these days the embrace of his love. You may know his strength within your inner self and that you shall walk in his wisdom and be guarded and protected, be delivered to his glory. So you are blessed and so it is. Amen.